there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. Mic check, mic check. One, two, one, two. <laughs> wow. My peaks are not that. Well, that's oh, a little better. Oh, I got a little. Oh, my peaks. My peaks are getting a little bigger. So if you're right there and I'm back here, our peaks are like the same height. <laughs> 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 Which is so us, wouldn't you say? Yes. Uh, 100%. Wouldn't you say? I'm all up in your face. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm never up in anyone's nope, face. No, you're not in anyone's face. Ever. No. No. Mm-mm. I'm the last person that'd be up in anyone's face. Yeah. That's true. Well, shit. It's working. Let's let's okay. let's roll with let's it. Let's roll. Let's do this. Let's do it. Okay. Oh, that's mm-hmm. not mine. Mm-mm. Nope. That's Wikipedia. That's not my thing. Okay. So. Shy. Shanna. This is what we're going to do this week. What are we doing this week? Um, why did our peaks get so small? I don't know. Oh, there they are. Do okay. I just I just need to yell. <laughs> okay. I I can have a loud voice if need be, but I'd rather keep it a little chill, a little comforting, you know, during these times. Um I feel like it helps. Maybe a little. Right. Okay. Right, right. Uh Totally. Okay, so here's what we're doing this week. Okay, hit me with it. And I can guarantee, well, I can almost guarantee 100%. It is someone that you have never heard of. Yes, okay. In your um, life of living in Oklahoma. Okay, which that's been my whole life. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to say how many years because we're 29 forever. Yes, we are. Okay. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> um, okay, so this is the story of Charles Troy Coleman mm-hmm. and the case of Daisy Doe. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Not heard of it. You are correct. It's a whole thing. Got it. You've probably never heard of it. Nope. And I stumbled across this, so I'm going to give a little background on how I stumbled across this. So I've been working on... A project. Okay. Okay. To go through unsolved murders of women in Oklahoma. Okay. And just looking at different things from over the years, because as we know, there's a whole hell of a lot. Yes. Okay. Of unsolved murders of women in Oklahoma. And I just happened to across this Daisy Doe, mm-hmm. who was identified a few years ago. And we'll go into how that all came about and everything. But then I jumped down the rabbit hole. So, okay, Daisy Doe. As in in a Jane Jane Doe. But they're calling her Daisy Doe. Yes. Okay. Yes. And will you explain why? Of course. Okay. Yes. Because I'm like, what's the purpose of why not Jane Doe? Okay. 1,000%. 1,000%. And just so people know, there are like a ton of Jane Doe's in the state of Oklahoma. Oh, wow. Unidentified 
uh, female victims of either homicide or unknown uh, reasons for why they're deceased. So, oh, wow. Okay. There's a bolo. Okay. Um, remember, I talked about taking that cruise through NamUs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah, went, queen. You, you went on that cruise. Yep. There's a lot to cruise. Okay. So, I'm going to pull up my, my lap desk that I, you have so nicely provided. You know, um, TJ Maxx for the win. I... We have no sponsors at the moment. Um, <laughs> if, if TJ Maxx wants to <laughs> wants to come in for the win with the lap desk, I'm cool with that. We are loving it. It's all good in the hood. Okay. So let's start with Charles Troy Coleman. Okay. 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 He was born in 1947 all right. in Muskogee, Oklahoma, which is in the east eastern part of Oklahoma. And his family was very poor. They moved around a lot, like not just house to house, but like state to state. Oh, wow. So okay, on the move a whole lot. And from what I understand, there was a, it was a pretty large family, like eight kids. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right for that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to add a Insult to injury, both parents were alcoholics. Oh. Yeah. So uh, any money that they did get, it went to buy booze. Sad. Right. Um, So it sounds like it was pretty rough from all accounts. And um, it sort of points towards abuse, which back in those days, nobody really talked about child abuse or anything like that, you know? But it sort of points towards a lot of abuse and trauma from him growing up. So um, he ran away from home at the age of 13. Dang. Yeah. He rolled out and was like, oh, bye. So by 15, he had already started his criminal career. Mm. And the first time that he was caught... Was October 1963. He was 15 years old. He committed a robbery in Tulsa. He was caught and detained in juvenile custody. And he escaped juvenile custody by pulling a gun on a court officer. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So this dude. How did he get a gun? I I think he pulled the court officer's gun. Oh, he like the bailiff's gun. gun. Yeah, like, I think he took a gun off of a bailiff or an officer that was in the court that day. Oh, for the love. So, like, zero fucks to give, right? Yeah. Okay. So, after that, it is just, like, like I say, a rap sheet as long as my leg hair. Like, it is long. And everything you could possibly think of. So, it's, like... Grand larceny, auto theft, robbery, um, cattle rustling. Okay. Um, okay. Desperate times. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, assault, yes. like all of those things over the course of years. And it spans through like Oklahoma, Arizona, California, all of these different states. I mean, this is a, and we're talking about this kid is like, from the time he's like 15 to 25, he has 
a long ass rap sheet. For the love. Yeah. Okay. So his thing mostly was like stealing to get by. Right. 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 Okay. So we'll fast forward to August of 1975. Okay. Okay. So at this point, he's 28 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. And 44-year-old Will Stidham is found in, dead inside of his pickup truck in Bakersfield, California. Okay. He had been beaten to death with a tire iron, and his wallet had been stolen. Okay. At the time, Stidham was the father of Coleman's girlfriend, and her name was Shirley Stidham. She's 17 at the time. He's 28. She's 17. Okay. Okay. Not uncommon, though. For, Not uncommon for that time, unfortunately. That age difference, yes. Okay. Still super creepy. Yep. Today for me. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so authorities suspected that Coleman was involved in the murder because Will Stidham had supposedly told Coleman not to date his daughter. Fair enough. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Uh, you are almost 30 years old and you're dating my 17 year old yeah. now i'm also on board with will yeah. stidham telling his daughter not to date this uh-huh. guy but yes. what else mm-hmm. um that's neither here nor there i mean i think it's every father's right if he wants to tell someone yeah that's that much older than their yeah. juvenile child yeah juvenile. you're 11 years older than my juvenile daughter fuck right off yes yeah Bye. yeah um so, Coleman's fingerprints are also found on the pickup truck that the body was found in. Mm-hmm. And one of Coleman's brothers, Abraham Coleman, had allegedly bragged to a woman about being involved in the killing. Oh, fuck. And later he denied this. Of course. And said he had nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, <laughs> Coleman, Charles Troy Coleman... Passed a lie detector test, and Shirley Stidham provided Charles Coleman with an alibi, claiming uh-huh. he had been with her on the night her father had been murdered. Yeah, with her in the pickup with her dad. Yeah, right, right. Oh my gosh, sorry. That was- <laughs> I'm just going to create that whole scenario real quick. So, according to media accounts, several months after the murder... Shirley Stidham had told police that her father had slapped her in front of Coleman. Mm-hmm. Coleman had then promised her that if she gave him a little bit of time, her father would not be around anymore. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So this is August 75 when this murder occurs. Mm-hmm. Um. Coleman is prosecuted in Bakersfield, California, for that murder. Okay. And he is acquitted in July of 1976. <clears throat> okay. Attorneys uh- who prosecuted him claim his charisma and charm helped him gain acquittal, but they remained convinced he was guilty of the murder. Which, same. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. So he charmed the jury? That's what the prosecutors say. He was, like, so charming and probably, like... I swear to goodness, if you show me a picture of this dude and he is... He's got crazy eyes. He does have crazy eyes. he's, like, 
Okay. And, and he's able to he's able to charm a <sighs> We can do better. Okay. Uh California did not do fine. They okay. did not do fine in that case. <laughs> so But if you got the charm. <laughs> so despite this acquittal in July nineteen seventy-six. Coleman is immediately returned to prison in California on a on a separate parole violation oh, because he couldn't quit. I did not include it all in this like in my document, but dude, if you read a list of his crimes, the Oklahoman published a list of his um crimes throughout the years. Oh, it would have taken up like two solid pages. For the love. Yeah. Two oh solid word okay. document pages. And it was always like, um, auto theft went in on this date and then paroled like three years later. So it's like chunks of time, two or three years at a time. Okay. He would be imprisoned and then he would be paroled. So he's got parole shit going on in like several different jurisdictions in California and several different um, oh. places in Arizona. <laughs> Oklahoma, and like obviously he's not uh, learning his lesson. Yeah. It's just like every... so. How is he getting? Yeah, paroled. Yeah, because the charm it's the and 70s. charisma. Well, it's the seventies, and and his um, not that I'm absolutely excusing any of this nonsense, but um, all of his uh crimes that he's been charged with and been caught for are nonviolent offenses. Okay. So it's all like car theft yeah. and shit like that, right. you know, which sucks. And he's a terrible human being because right. I hate a thief more than anything. But um, it's all like nonviolent offenses. So they're like prison yeah. overcrowding. Bye. Check in with your parole officer yeah. once a month. Have a great life. Yeah. That's uh, it. Okay. But yeah, he has multiple things that he's like on parole for. So oh. anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So in <laughs> July of 76... He is returned to prison in California on the parole violation okay. from a prior offense of receiving stolen property. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's just like, whatever. Um, and he he has to go back in for like two and a half years. Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half years. Okay. So at some point. I'm being real, like, loosey-goosey with the details because there are not details readily available. At some point, either when he is on trial for the murder of Will Stedham or when he is imprisoned on this parole violation, mm -hmm. he marries one of the daughters of Will Stedham. But so what do you he was dating 17-year-old Shirley. Yes. It's not her. It's her sister, Jeanette. And how old is Jeanette? I don't know. We did not. They couldn't. There was, I, that was not readily available. It's very difficult to, like, put all the details together. Because the only thing that connects, and the reason why this is important, the only thing that connects Jeanette as Will Stidham's daughter is, like, an obituary. Oh. That's it. There is nothing else that connects this murder and another sister and uh, Charles Troy Col Coleman. There's nothing else. 
Okay. Okay. It's weird. There's just not a lot of information as a whole, but I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I put together as much shit as I possibly could. Okay. It is a patchwork. (laughs) Remember, it's our gopher holes. No. Prairie dog. Prairie dog. Prairie dog. Prairie prairie dog colonies. Yes. That's that's the (laughs) rabbit holes are too nice and pretty. (laughs) Prairie dog colonies right here. Yep. So he marries Jeanette. Not Shirley, uh-huh. not the one that provided him with an alibi. Yeah, I bet that hurt a little later. Mm. Or maybe she, like, wised up and was like, nope. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um. Anyway, so regardless, Char- at some point prior to 1979, Charles Troy Coleman is a married man. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So January 8th of 79... Coleman requests and is granted from his California parole officer a 30-day permit to go explore work opportunities in his old hometown of Muskogee, Oklahoma. Okay. So the California parole officer says, you're a really hard worker. He's not. Um, It's the charm of charisma. He steals cars. Uh, you're a really hard worker. I could see you wanting to go to Oklahoma for job opportunities. You can do that for 30 days. So January 8th is the start of his 30-day permit. Okay. Okay. So Charles Troy Coleman and his bride, Jeanette, load up and head out to California. Nope. Oklahoma. (laughs) Right. Out from California to Oklahoma. As you're telling me this, though, like in my... As I'm processing, I'm like, I wonder if these people in California were just like, no, yes, please go yeah, explore Oklahoma. Yeah, we're tired of picking we you up every two so years. We are so done. We're so sick of picking you up every so two done. years. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's probably completely valid. That parole officer was probably like, listen, <laughs> we can only put you in prison so many more times. Yeah. And I can't deal with you every month. Uh, right. So, yeah. Just do what you do in another state so I don't have to deal with it. Please go somewhere else. <laughs> So, they spend a month in California. No, Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. God bless. I'm d- <sighs> okay. It's fine. It. They We're spend fine. a month in Oklahoma. Yes. Everything's fine. <laughs> We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything is really fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Focus. Focus. God, Shy, stop distracting me. Um. They spend a month around Muskogee County okay. in Oklahoma. Got it. Doing odd jobs and probably not really anything, honestly. Um, maybe some theft oh, I'm to get sure by. Because, like, is... he obviously can't learn a lesson. So, no. him coming to Muskogee yeah. County and not stealing something is highly unlikely. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. And I don't know if back in the 70s, if just like, because nothing was as discoverable on the internet, you know, like you mm-hmm. can't look up, you couldn't look up somebody's um, criminal record on the internet. Maybe if you just had like robbery or theft convictions in your past, it wasn't like that big of a deal. Yeah. Because people weren't able to easily verify it. Right. 
So maybe going to a different state and just kind of starting over was a real thing. I don't know. I mean, I 100% agree with that theory because they that we do know for a fact that um you know police departments sheriff's departments whatever did not oh yeah they don't know like they that, didn't even so. communicate if they had like murders and stuff i right. can't imagine them just being like hey this guy's coming to your county yeah and he's got robbery yeah convictions or whatever oh yeah 100 percent. Yeah. yeah so um i truly think he was probably like getting out of California to start over. And honestly, if he um, married a daughter of a guy that he was tried for murdering, Mm -hmm. her family was probably like, bye. Yeah, please. Have a great life. Because, I mean, they had like five or six kids, according to the obituary. Oh, wow. Okay. And the wife was still, was widowed. And so there there was family left of Will Stidham. He wasn't like alone. Yeah. Man, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, anywho. Um, they spent a month around that area, but there's no documentation that he had any legitimate job prospects at the end of the 30 days. Of course. That's <laughs> shocking. So, Not at all shocking. So, the 30-day travel permit expires on February 8th, 1979. On February 9th, 1979, they are still in Muskogee County. Oh, shocking. Yeah. And um, they decided to case a vacant home in rural Muskogee County. So they break into the basement area and are in the process, apparently, of, like, loading items into their vehicle and the majority of what they took from this home was, like, packages of frozen meat. Okay. Okay. So they were hungry. That's what it seems like. I mean, uh, it goes downhill from here, so just okay. strap in. Okay. Right. Um, But they're, like, loading shit into their vehicle when John and Roxy Seward drive up. To, to the home. And this home is not John and Roxy Seward's home. It is the home of John's sister and brother-in-law. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. John and Roxy um, lived down the road and just decided to drive over for a visit. But they didn't know the house was vacant. Right. Okay. Okay. So from what I've read... John and Roxy Seward roll up. John probably hops out of their vehicle and is like, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and Charles Troy Coleman has a shotgun with him. Oh, for the... Okay. Yeah. And how did he obtain a shotgun? He... We don't know. For, probably stole it. I mean, probably, but... They were able to trace this shotgun back to him. So I don't know if back in those days you could be a felon and have a firearm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Big question mark. I don't know either. Yeah. So that was a big question mark to me, too. And frankly, I just didn't have the fortitude to, like, go down that hole. Um, <laughs> it was his. 
but they traced it back to him. So he was like known to have had it. So I don't know if he was registered with it in California or what. I I just don't know. Wow. Okay. So he has this shotgun. He takes uh, John and Roxy Seward uh, hostage. Shit. Okay. Into this home. The vacant home of their uh, brother and sister-in-law. Right. Um, so they walk him back into the home and shoot them execution style with the shotgun. Oh, my God. Okay. Both John and Roxy are murdered in the home. And then uh, Charles Troy Coleman and Jeanette flee. So a few hours later... They are pulled over. Their pickup tr- truck is pulled over for a traffic violation. And during the stop, the vehicle was found with personal items from the stu- from the Sewards. So mm-hmm. Roxy's wallet, packages of meat from the home, and Charles Troy Coleman is charged with first-degree murder. Okay. For the murder of John Seward. Okay. Okay. So just hold on to that bewildered look. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> and like I said, so in addition to the items in the truck, it was determined that the murderers were carried out with a very rare shotgun that Coleman was identified to have owned. Okay. Is what the article said. How was this identified? I don't know. How? It was the 70s. Somehow they tied this shotgun to Coleman. Wow. And we're like, okay, this is this is our guy. Okay. 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 So that is uh February mm-hmm. 9th, 1979. Yes. On April 23rd, 1979, while Charles Troy Coleman is awaiting trial for the murder of John Seward. Coleman escapes the Muskogee County Jail through its tar paper roof. (sighs) Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a real thing that happened. Um, (laughs) He he broke into a home, which he burglarized, and then stole the homeowner's car. Okay. The following day, so... April 24th, Officer Tom Dotson pulls over Coleman for a speeding violation in Luther. So Luther is here just east of Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. An altercation ensues. And Coleman slits the throat of Dotson. What? Before stealing his revolver. And forcing him into the back seat of his own patrol car. Coleman left Dotson for dead and handcuffed him inside his locked patrol car. Oh my god. Okay. Two days later, so this would now be April 26th, Coleman carjacks Russell E. Lewis Jr. in Tulsa. And fatally shot him in the head with the revolver he had stolen from Officer Dotson in Luther. Jesus. Okay. 
Oh my gosh. <sighs> he then dumped Lewis's body down an embankment near Tulsa, uh, near a Tulsa park where it was found two days later. Okay. For the, okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> we are now, that was on, uh, what, the 26th? Mm-hmm. Yes. On April 28th, Coleman is pulled over in Tucson, Arizona. Okay. okay. A Pima County deputy, Terry Parrish, pulls him over for driving erratically. Like, this dude, all I'm going to say is, like, if you weren't driving like a fucknut, you could have probably got away with all of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, stop driving like a fucking idiot. Use your turn signal. Do the speed limit. Yeah. Like, why are you driving like a fucking idiot? That's what's getting you caught. Because he's a fucking idiot. Well, yeah. Anyway, I'm not saying, like, get away with crimes. It's a great thing to do. But, like... Every time he was pulled over, pulled over because of his driving capabilities. Yeah. Because yeah. he has none. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. And they say women can't drive. Like, whatever. <laughs> anyway... So he's pulled over in Tucson, Arizona, and um, County Deputy Terry Parrish is pulling him over. The two exchange words is what it said. Uh-huh. And Coleman takes out his gun and kidnaps Parrish. Okay? Okay. He stole Parrish's own gun. Okay. Afterwards, handcuffs him and drives him out into the desert in his own patrol car. Coleman was prepared to execute him, but changed his mind and left him locked in the car out in the desert. Okay. So, law enforcement had apparently watched the confrontation from a helicopter and were able to direct units to Coleman's location. So Coleman was arrested in Arizona and taken into custody. The revolver that he stole from the Luther officer mm-hmm. um, could not be found. Okay. They were looking for that. Um since he had stolen it from the Luther officer and used it to kill Lewis in Tulsa. Right. They did not find it until three months later. And he apparently had just dropped it near the location where he had left. um, Lewis's body. No, where he had left uh, the, the Arizona County deputy parish for dead. Yeah. He had just left it out there. Oh, my God. It rolled out. So, he's being held in Arizona, and Muskogee County was like, well, we need him back, because he burst through a hole in our roof. Right. Our tar paper roof. Uh Uh-huh. And we need him back. So, they extradited him back to Oklahoma to be tried for the murder of John Seward. Okay. Right. So... Instead of trying him in Muskogee County, because they thought they couldn't get a fair jury, mm-hmm. 
they changed the venue to uh, Tahlequah, okay. which isn't that far away. So, right. I don't know. Whatever. Um, he started being tried in September of 79. The On September 26th of 79, the prosecution rested on September 29th. Three oh. days. They were like, we done. Um... And on October 1st, the jury was like, uh, he's guilty. Thank God. <laughs> he's guilty of first degree murder. So. Glad they could see. past the charisma and charm. Yeah. And they recommended a death sentence. Yeah, they did. So, um, so he was found guilty of the murder of John Seward and recommended death sentence for that murder. Okay. 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 Um so the reason why they did not try him for Roxy Seward's death. I was gonna ask. As well, they just held the evidence for that case in reserve. And if anything went awry with the trial for mm. John Seward, they were then going to charge him with First degree murder for Roxy. For Roxy, yeah. Yeah. So they just sort of held that in reserve. Um, and he had already been sentenced to death, so they were just like, whatever. Um, he was also tried for the murder of Russell Lewis mm-hmm. in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. He was found guilty, convicted, sentenced to death again, but in 83... The sentence was overturned because of a juror issue. Um, and they never refiled oh, wow. charges in that case. Okay. So they never filed charges in the Luther officer's death. Mm. As far as I know, they never filed charges in Arizona yeah. against him for um, kidnapping the officer there. Okay. Um, his death sentence was carried out in 1990. Oh, okay. So he was, uh, you know, executed, executed by the state yeah. in McAllister in 1990. Um, apparently from 66, from 1966 to 1990, there were no, um, inmates put to death in Oklahoma. So... Really? In 76, the death penalty was found to be unconstitutional, mm-hmm. I think, by the Supreme Court. And so everybody stopped executing inmates. And then slowly it kind of uh, states, I don't know if they won the right to do executions again or if whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how all that went down. but Politics. I feel like I knew it at one point in time and now it just is not in my brain. Right. Like there's no space in there. Right. But he was the first person to be executed after that 24-year lapse that included the moratorium time and Uh everything else. He was the first person to be executed again in Oklahoma. And we're like, whatever. And um, I was reading an article about his execution. And it said that a lot of times when inmates are preparing to be executed uh, at McAllister, mm-hmm. there's a cell block that's not far from the execution chamber and where they prep 
the inmates for execution and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the last, like, 30 to 45 minutes before an execution is scheduled to be carried out, you'll hear the inmates, like, banging stuff on their cell doors and making a lot of noise and, like, I mean, it's a whole thing to because they're essentially, like, showing respect to the inmate that's being executed or whatever. Okay. People hated this guy and there was no noise. <gasps> what? Yeah. People were like, fuck this guy. They're like, we're not giving you. Yeah. You have no respect respect from us. Wow. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a big deal. People hated this guy. <laughs> Even other criminals. <laughs> Even other cr- criminals. The, like, these are hardcore criminals yeah. in the Pallister. These aren't yeah. your petty theft. These people dudes. did these not just hardcore. do a couple robberies. No. No. These are like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're death row adjacent. Right. <laughs> um, so. Damn. Yeah. These guys did not give a shit about this guy. Um. Anyway, so that's the resolution part of this case that you're going to like. Okay. So so you'll notice that Jeanette Coleman was never charged for anything. Yeah, I was going to ask that, even though she was there. Yes. So um, she was never charged at At all. all. Um, And she just continued living her life in the Muskogee County area. Okay. So, he was put to death in 90. Back in 1988, the body of a woman was found below the Fort Gibson Dam in the Grand Neosho River in Cherokee County, which is close to that area. Okay. Um, She was found to have drowned when she went into the water with a concrete block tied around her waist. That, yep. Um, that will do it. That will, that will definitely drown someone. So they called her Daisy Doe okay. because she had a daisy tattoo on her shoulder. Okay. Okay. So during her recovery, when they're recovering her from the, bo- or from the uh, water, yeah. investigators attempted to take fingerprints, but her skin was so degraded after being in the water um, for like a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prints weren't really viable. Okay. So um, she remained unidentified for years until March of 2015. Wow. That was okay. That's pretty recent. Okay. And investigators were looking into the Daisy Doe case and OSBI investigators actually took this uh, unknown victim case to a uh, meeting probably like a forensic analyst meeting or, F, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, To say, you know, to get ideas on what they could do to help aid in identification. Right. So um, they got some good ideas and actually found out that her hands were cut off and saved in cold storage for all this time. Okay. Okay, so they had her hands. So they were able to rehydrate mm-hmm. the hands. That is so intriguing to me. I know. How they'll, like, deglove the hand yep. or, like, rehydrate or it rehydrate and then roll when it's, it. When, yeah. it's, when it's at a certain state of decomp and they were able to just add, yeah. Yep. Ooh, yeah. yeah, that's. So they did it. Wow. Okay. So they did it. Okay. 
They rehydrated it um, and got some viable prints. All right. So they ran her prints. And she was identified as Jeanette Coleman. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So even though she was never charged for any of these um, offenses for the murders of uh, John and uh, Roxy Mm -hmm. Seward, because she was stopped in the vehicle with him when he was brought in, Uh they did print her. They did take her fingerprints at the time, mm, okay. even though they never charged her. Okay. They took her prints at the time, and that's how they, that's how they were able to get them out. Were identified. Yeah. What? Yeah. So uh. initially they thought maybe he had done away with her, but then obviously he was already in prison. Yeah, he'd been in I mean, he years. was put to death in 1990. So yeah. he had been in, in prison the whole time. Right. So it couldn't have been him. So then they start investigating kind of her last known whereabouts and what she was up to in that 1988 time frame because she had only been dead for a week when they found her. So they sort of put together an interesting scenario. Okay. Okay. They believe that she met four men at a Muskogee bar. They all left together. She had sex with one or all of them mm-hmm. somewhere near that Fort Gibson Dam area. Okay. Something went sideways. They tied a concrete block to her body and threw her over the dam when she was still alive. Oh, my and God. And she drowned. Okay. Okay. Yep. Because um, they said they couldn't really identify any other physical wounds or anything like that. Like, right. they think they... She, they tied a fucking block to her and threw her over while, while she, she was, was just... alive and kicking. Yeah. Which is insane to me. Um, That's sick. Yeah. So authorities have identified all four of the men. Oh, wow. Okay. Two of them are already deceased. One of them is currently on trial and has been on trial for literal fucking years. Since 2017, they have been continuing shit and... What? Yeah. And, like, one of the most recent... Because I looked up his case on OSCN. And one of the most recent ones was, like, the judge... um, Oh, what's it called? When they... uh, The judge was like, no, I can't be a party to this. mm -hmm. and. Uh, recused himself. Uh He recused himself. Yep. I almost said released. That's not right. That was rough. That was Um, close. The judge recused himself recently. This jack wagon um, is trying to get new counsel assigned and all this stuff. So I'm going to tell you his name. I have the names of the other people. They have not been charged. Okay. But you said two of them are dead. Two of them are dead. One of them... To my knowledge, has not been charged. Okay. From the information that I can ha- that I can find, but Mr. James Ray Vogel has, and he is currently on trial and has been for fucking years. And what for is, this murder? F- oh, for this murder. For this murder. How? Oh. They arrested him in 2017, and he has been arraigned. And, um, I mean, they have they haven't started 
proceedings yet, but everything that is leading up to it, like, has been going on for years. Like, attorneys and judges recusing themselves and let's apply for a change of venue and all this bullshit. So trying to drag it all out. Years they've been dragging it out. Because this guy's old now. I mean, in 88, he was probably in his 40s, I would bet. He's probably close to 80 at this point. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and and they're just dragging it out. They identified her in 2015. They arrested Mm -hmm. him in 2017. And since then, there's been no resolution, even though they are pretty sure they have the four people's identifications that did it. I would love to know how they... How they got there. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like, and more than likely it was a very small community and people knew. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, she left with... Those four guys. These four guys. Yeah. Or if they were known to have hung out before or whatever, you know. they were kind of known about town as the bad... The ne'er-do-wells. Yeah. 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 But if you think about it, if she would have never been with uh, Charles Troy Coleman when he was stealing meat from that house Mm -hmm. and killed the Sewards, her prince likely would have not been on file. Oh, that's true, yeah. And they wouldn't probably have been able to identify her without some sort of genetic genealogy situation because her family is still all in california oh wow yeah oh my gosh yeah that's insane yeah so this is the type of shit that you stumble over when you're just looking at random old cases diving diving down a cold case yeah oh my gosh yeah so many (laughs) it's so much it is so So much much. so much uh i uh, that's yeah horrible ending for her yeah good god yeah but oh wow yeah and they're still dragging out this still dragging this shit out dipshits Uh uh-huh and trial. she never would have been in Oklahoma, probably, if oh yeah. this guy never would have gotten involved with her family. and Yeah, if he would have, if Coleman would have just her left him. If Sherry, Sher- what, Shirley? Shirley, yeah. If he would have just left the fucking uh, Shirley, what, what was the last name? Uh, Stidham. Stidham. Yep. If he would have left the Stidhams alone, yeah. Yep. The, not, not only would their father still be alive. But Jeanette would, too. Right? (sighs) Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's awful. Yeah. So, it's bananas and, like, um, something that I definitely had never heard of ever in life. Mm -mm. Um, But the Oklahoman has some good articles on it. Um, And the Oklahoman definitely has a a timeline of, like, when his crime started and... Uh, stuff like that. And then Tahlequah Daily Press has a really good article about um the Daisy Doe case. Because yeah. they name they name everybody in that oh, paper sh- article. <laughs> yeah. They name 
Everybody. Even the guy, even uh-huh. the guy that's not on trial. Uh-huh. For, oh, they name they, all of them. They ain't scared. Yep. Yep. What? Yeah. So, Ooh. hashtag go check out the Tahlequah Daily Press for full names. Because <laughs> then they're not all going to happen here. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh my gosh, Shane, that was that was insane. <sighs> that was in fucking insane. Yeah. To have killed, he killed five people, mm, four people within months. Right. He killed the, the married couple. He escaped. Killed, well, he killed Stidham. He killed four people. Okay, so he killed the uh, the Sewards. Uh-huh. And then the cop. He killed the Sewards, the cop in, in Luther. Mm-hmm. Lewis. Lewis in Tulsa. He killed... So he killed four people in a matter of... A month and a half. But he killed... um, He killed two people and took one hostage in a matter of days. Four four days. Yes. Between Oklahoma and um, Arizona. Yeah. He's a... But all in all, he killed um, five people total, if you believe that he killed Will Stidham. Yeah. I do. Yeah, more than likely. Um... And, I mean, Fuck. yeah. He, oh like, there's a lot of speculation in some of the, the stuff that I was reading that he could potentially be a serial killer. Um, yeah. um, I I don't know, obviously. I haven't taken a deep dive on that, but. I feel like that would be a real deep dive. Like, yeah. Would... You'd have to try to oh tie bodies Lord. across multiple yeah. states during a multiple year period. Yeah. Um, which is a whole project in itself. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean. Jesus. But to me, to me, the serial killer thing may be a little far-fetched because he killed people that were either going to imprison him. Right. Essentially. Uh-huh, detain him. Uh-huh. And part of that Will Stidham situation could have been like, I don't know what the age of consent is in California. Oh, in 79, it, it I'm was sure it was like 12 17. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, if if Will Stidham was like a hard ass, he could have been like, well, you know, you're raping my daughter or whatever right. and was wanting to turn him in. I don't know that to be the case at all. Right. But to me, it seems like he was into killing people that were getting in his way. Right. Yes. Or had something that he needed that he thought he had to have to survive right and not necessarily just killing out of like some motive some like some um internal motivation that right. like he had to quench a thirst right. basically you yeah. know what i mean yeah so i don't know i've you know maybe he could be a serial killer i don't know i don't intend to go down that rabbit hole anytime soon yeah. and try to tie that all together but um it's definitely an interesting story that I had never heard. Mm-hmm, yeah, and I assumed you had never heard it yeah, either. I had not. <laughs> I had not. And that was a really good one. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Thanks, Shan. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at you're doing fine. Okay. Pod. 
That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore okay underscore pod.